0: Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin, And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb are, are you washed in the blood In the, blood in the, the soul, soul cleansing blood of the, the Lamb Godless are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. Today's broadcast is pre-recorded.
1: May I speak the unvarnished truth to you? I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. But may I speak to you the unvarnished truth of the gospel of Jesus? Do you have ears to hear? Only those who have been washed in the blood and made clean now will be able to fly away to that heavenly home when Jesus returns to gather his bride. Only those who have left their sin who have died to self and who have been completely transformed by the grace of God only they will be able to go to that heavenly home. This is not something that can happen with casual religion. This is not something that can happen a few minutes of devotion every day. This is not something that can happen in the social church with entertainment and all kinds of foolishness. This is serious. You will not be able to make it into the heavenly gates if you have not been totally changed and transformed into the likeness of Jesus, for we will see him as he is, and we will be like him. I've been studying with you Revelation, the third chapter. Let me read this passage of scripture once more for us and then i'm going to focus my attention on revelation 3 verse 21 and you must write to the angel of the church in laodicea that is the last day church The amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says these things. That is, the risen Lord Jesus Christ is going to say these things to us. Verse 15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, he's going to spit us out if we are lukewarm, if we have not overcome our sin, if we've not been transformed into his likeness. He is going to spit us out. And some today teach that you have a whole lifetime to overcome your sin. No, you do not. We have a whole lifetime, whatever God grants us by his mercy, to mature and grow up in our salvation. But when a person is converted, when a person is transformed into the likeness of Jesus, he no longer sins. The mark of a man or woman that has been transformed that has been born from above, that has been crucified with Christ, the mark of that man or woman is that they have the power to stop sinning. It is a supernatural work of grace. It is God who does this in us. It is not trying hard. It is giving ourselves entirely and completely over to jesus christ and he does the work in us this is a faith work based on the rhema word of god that we are to be crucified with christ now he continues you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked Note that he is not saying this. He is not saying this to the pagan people of Laodicea. He is saying this to the church at Laodicea, that they do not recognize their great need for Jesus. They have cast aside the need for Jesus because... They have bought into religion, into rituals. They think that they are fine. They don't need Jesus anymore. But he says they are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And then he gives very specific advice. He says, I counsel you, I advise you, buy from me gold. Now, this gold is not bought without price. There is a high price to buy this gold. Jesus does not say, come and buy without cost, without money. No, there is a high price to buy this gold. And the price of buying that gold is crucifixion. It is finally coming to a place where the natural man is utterly given up. Natural affections are given up. Ambitions are given up. Everything of the natural man, the love of pleasure, the love of worldly sports, the love of everything is given up for Jesus Christ. This is how costly it is. Refined by fire. As the Holy Spirit begins to bring great burdens upon our heart, and he says, stop that, lay it aside. Don't go there. Don't say that. Stop the bitterness. Stop the fight. Stop the sexual uncleanness. Turn away from fornication. Turn away from everything that is unclean walk with jesus this is the process of being born from above it is the holy spirit coming and bringing us into the fire and this is just the beginning of the fire the fire will continue as we are tested and tried and we are brought out rich in spiritual things and then he says buy white clothes what are the white clothes we are to buy? The scriptures tell us that the white clothing are the righteous acts of the saints. In other words, this person who has come to Jesus, who has repented, who chooses to turn away from his sin, that person is now going to walk righteous before God. It's turning away from those old ways. I'll share a number of other scriptures with you today regarding that. And then eye so that we can see the true area of growth in our heart after the sin has been put away. It's time to grow up in Jesus. And the eye gives us sight. We can begin to see in the Holy Spirit what he wants, what he's saying, how he's calling us to move and walk. He speaks to us. He tells us what we're to do and how we're to do it. And then he says that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Remember Adam and Eve. God clothed them. They tried to cover their nakedness and their shame with fig leaves. God covered them with the skins of animals. Now it says, All those whom I may love, I convict and instruct. In other words, this walk with Jesus is going to be a series of revelations where he comes and he shows us where we are not quite in adjustment with him. He grows us up. We have correspondence with Jesus. We speak to him in prayer and supplication. He speaks to us by his spirit. It says in Matthew and in John that his sheep know his voice. We will know the voice of God like Abraham knew when the Lord came and spoke to him. He will give us very specific instructions. Your salvation depends on you submitting and obeying the instructions that are given to you. so you must be zealous and you must repent. Verse 20, listen. I have stood at the door and I am knocking. If anyone may hear my voice and may open the door, I will also come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He's not going to come in and you're the servant and he's the master. He's going to come in and treat you like a son and a daughter. You're going to have intimate fellowship with Jesus. This is what Jesus wants with us. He has been standing at the door of our heart from the day of our birth. And if you hear him knocking and if you open that door if you hear his voice he will come in now the only way that you can step into eternal salvation is through the promises of god second peter tells us that it is through these promises that we enter into the divine nature You do not enter the divine nature by hard work or by religion. You enter in to the divine nature through the promises of God. And as you begin to stand on the promises of God, they will come and stand on your head. What do I mean? When I begin to press God on his promises... He sends his Holy Spirit to begin to speak to me and instruct me and convict me, to rebuke me. Read carefully Hebrews, the 12th chapter. He says, I will also come into him and will dine with him and he with me. And the one overcoming, I will give to him to sit with me on my throne. I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. The one having an ear must hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Do you hear today what Jesus is saying to you? A casual life of indifference will not result in our being included on that throne of God. Now, I fear that many of you have never experienced the intimacy of dining with Jesus. You have heard his voice, but you have been afraid to open the door. The door must be opened to Jesus as a free will act on your part. You must finally say, I am done with sin. I am done with my wickedness. I need the victory. And part of what has to happen here is that you must name the sin that you were involved in. You have to stop hiding. You have to stop lying about your sin. You have to stop explaining it. One man always explains to me when I talk with him why he continues to drink alcohol. Oh, pastor, I've tried so hard to overcome my alcohol. And he'll begin to cry. I've tried so hard to be righteous. Now stop it. Tell the truth. You love your drink. You love your alcohol. You love your wickedness. If you're going to enter into Jesus, you're going to have to stop hiding and stop lying and stop explaining. You're going to have to tell the truth. It's not easy to tell the truth. It's not easy to tell the truth. But we've come to a place where you must act. You must decide, do I want Jesus This casual Christian walk must come to an end. It is utter wickedness. Hanging with the the world and with Jesus? Impossible. You can't do it. If you try, the Holy Spirit will depart from you and you'll simply be left with your lukewarm religion. And then you'll be cast out. You will not be brought into the the dining room with Jesus. You will not experience the intimate fellowship of Jesus Christ. Now it's not easy to stop hiding. We're all very good at hiding. We can say things and do things that even let us hide from ourselves. But please today, Would you be honest with me? Are you still walking in known rebellion against God? And have you been saying that you're working on that for years and and maybe Jesus is just going to have to accept me like I am because I've done my best and I can't do it? Please may I speak very directly to you. Jesus knows you can't do it. It is a work of faith in Jesus. But to receive that supernatural work of grace in your heart, you're going to have to come and confess who you really are before Jesus. You're going to have to give up all the sentimental reasons. You're going to have to give up all of the explaining why you can't do it. Jesus knows you can't do it you're going to have to stop lying. You're going to have to tell the truth. You're going to have to lay it out before Jesus very clearly. And then in cold blood, you're going to have to decide, do I want to continue this fornication? Is my heart satisfied? Am I happy with lying? Am I happy with my stealing? Do I... Do I continue the pretense of my life? Pretending that I'm saved and I'm okay. Now, just the common sense of the matter. Regardless of what your favorite preachers may tell you. You cannot be saved... And still walk in sin because to be saved means to be saved from your sin. That's all you need to be saved from is your sin. The darkness of this world, the wickedness of our age. (laughs) So you've got to decide in cold blood. The point of my crying out before God over these last weeks has been, Oh God. Will you break this lukewarm indifference to your gospel? It breaks my heart. Men and women are going in throngs into churches. And there they're hearing all of the foolishness of joking and laughing. They're listening to all of the the music, entertainment, in many churches nobody's singing with the music they listen to the concert the band they listen to the show like they would if they went to the Kennedy Center and then you get a few minutes of some in- inspirational tripe foolishness no no confronting of your sin And you have your regular place, and you know the people around you that sit there in the same seats every week. Is that really enough for you? Really? You think that will result in your moving to heaven and flying off to heaven? You haven't been washed by the blood. When you're washed in the blood, the sin is removed from your heart. It's removed from your life. It is a supernatural power of God. After you decide that you're done with your sin and you act on that, you begin to cut off those things that you've been voluntarily going and grabbing. You receive the power of God to do it, and he brings his incredible, wonderful Holy Spirit And he gives you the strength and he encourages you with his love. God is a, a God of love and mercy and compassion. He's not a hard God. It's like a woman who is constantly abused, raped, beat up. And her rescuer comes And defeats the enemy. And carries her off and loves her. And gives her a wonderful place of standing. She is joyous. She has a new life. Everything is now wonderful. That's what Jesus wants to do for you. But if you don't recognize that you're living in the darkness and you don't recognize that Satan is having his way with you constantly and the bitterness and the anger flow from your heart, the self-justification flows from your heart, the excuses flow from your heart, the explaining of why you can't get the victory is always on your lips. You're a poor victim until you stop your victimhood and your entitlement. And come before God and say, God, I'm responsible for my sin. And I'm responsible for the condition I find myself in. I'm responsible, Jesus. And I'm done with it. I'm not going to live this way anymore. And you come to Jesus. And he gives you the power. He transforms you. He changes you. He makes you into a new person. And He invites you into a joyous life a life of fulfillment, of productivity, of fruit bearing. I want to share a couple of scriptures with you today. The first one is in Revelation, Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying, Look, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will not exist anymore nor sorrow nor crying nor will be there any more pain because the former things have passed away and then the one sitting on the throne said pay attention i'm making all things new and he says you must write because these words are true and faithful and he said to me they have come to pass i'm the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end i will give to the one thirsting out of the fountain of the water of life freely the one overcoming will inherit these things and i will be to him god and he will be to me a son but the cowardly unbelieving abominable and murders and fornicators magicians idolaters and all the liars their part is in the lake the one burning with fire and brimstone which is the second death Now, there's a similar passage. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. In chapter 18, he says, you must come out of her, my people. You must come out of her, my people so that you may not participate with her sins that you may not receive from her plagues. And then in chapter 19 he says, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride kept herself in readiness and it was given to her that she may clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, because the fine linen garment is the righteous state or actions of the Holy Ones. In other words, the, the wedding clothes that we will wear, these are the righteous actions that we do by the power of the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus please evaluate your life today are your actions innocent before God are you righteous before God today it's a very serious question Are you righteous before God? Or must you stop and begin to name your sin? And stop hiding, and stop lying, and stop explaining to people why you're the way you are? Will you decide and act today? and access the grace of God to transform you and remove all sin from your heart and from your life. To even remove the carnal nature from your heart. To make you over as a new creature in God. Now please let me read one more from Revelation 21. Hmm. When my late wife's father... Harold Yoder was dying. It was very interesting. Many times in his sickness, I would read to him Revelation 21. I'd sit with Dad and I'd say, Dad, what do you want me to read to you from the Bible? And he would say, even in a whisper, Revelation 21. The day Dad died, he was a farmer. He raised Black Angus cattle and he sold shortly before he died. He sold all of his cattle to the to the farmer that owned the property right next to his house he He had sold his farm and he had right in the middle of the pasture, he had built his house for he and Zella as their place of retirement. They were happy there for a number of years, and then he succumbed to congestive heart at age 85. That morning, it was icy frost everywhere, heavy frost, and all the cattle were lined up at the fence facing his bedroom window now i don't know how they knew but they were lowing they were they were mournful that morning dad had slipped into a coma he was not he was not responding the pastor from his local church arrived, his hospice nurse arrived, family members gathered around dad's bed, and my late wife said to me, Ray, please read one more time, Revelation 21. And so I began to read. and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea is no more and I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God having been prepared as a bride having been adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying look the tabernacle of God is with men And he will dwell with them. And suddenly Dad Yoder opened his eyes. And he looked around that circle of people searching for Zella. And when his eyes fell on her, he reached out his hand for her hand. And they stood hand in hand. As I continued reading... And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will not exist anymore. Nor sorrow, nor crying, nor will there be any more pain. Because the former things have passed away. I continued reading. In verse 6. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to the one thirsting out of the fountain of the water of life freely. The one overcoming will inherit these things, and I will be to him God, and he will be to me a son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murders, the fornicators, and the magicians, the idolaters, and all the liars. Their part is in the lake, the one burning with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And as I read these words, Dad passed into eternity. and we stood there weeping but knowing that the day was coming when we would see him again our faith was in Jesus then in chapter 22 he says blessed are the ones always doing his commandments so that the authority will be theirs to the tree of life if you are not doing the commandments of God, if you are walking in known sin and rebellion against him, you will not be allowed, you will have no authority to go to that tree of life. I rejoice that dad had the authority by a righteous life in the power of the blood of Jesus to go to that tree of life. It says, and they may enter into the city by the gates outside of the dogs that is the unclean magicians fornicators murderers idolaters and the ones loving and doing a lie so I ask you today again Have you been lying about your spiritual condition? Have you been lying to yourself and to Jesus about your spiritual condition? Do you need to name that sin that is holding you out of the presence of Jesus? That idol that you have been worshipping are you ready to turn aside from that today I don't know is it pride is it arrogance is it the lust for money what is it today that holds you back Is it lying? Is it cheating? Is it stealing? Is it fornication? Is it pornography? Is it filthy thoughts that fill your mind and your heart? What is it that you need to bring to Jesus and confess today? Our phone number here in studio is 877-534-0780. I'm here to pray for you and with you. If you'd like to talk with me, if you'd like to share victory over sin, or if you need to confess sin, you know you're not right with Jesus. And today you're ready to name the sin and stop your lying and stop hiding and stop explaining, and you're ready today to tell the truth you're ready to act you're ready to let God do that wonderful supernatural work of grace in your heart then please call quickly 877-534-0780 I want to just take a moment and say how much I treasure each of you who is fulfilling your vows and your pledges and your sending tithes and offerings. Thank you. Jesus sees. You don't really need a thank you from me. Jesus knows. You didn't give it to me. You didn't give it to the National Prayer Chapel. You gave it to Jesus. On his behalf, I say thank you. And I love you. 877 534 0780. Do you need to call today? Is the Holy Spirit convicting your heart? Do you know you've been playing games with God and it's time to get right with Him? Call quickly. Now, in First John, the first chapter, John writes, and this is the message which we have heard from him, that is Jesus, and report back to you, that God is light and there's no darkness in him. And that light, my brother, my sister, comes and exposes everything in our heart. Before I came to this broadcast today, I was in the prayer closet pleading with Jesus to send you his light, to uncover every point of darkness in your heart, to expose every evil thought and every evil act that you could become one with Jesus. He continues, if we say, this is 1 John, first chapter, verse 6, if we may say that we have fellowship with him, and yet we may walk in darkness, we lie to ourselves and do not do the truth. So if you're hiding your sin, if you're pretending that you're just fine, thank you, you know in your heart whether you're fine with Jesus. You know whether you're hiding sin or whether you're trusting in this wicked Gnostic gospel that's so popular today among the wicked that you can still sin and you're still saved. I, I looked up on Google today, overcoming sin, to see what would be said, and, and one web page that I went to was number one on the page. It said, here's some helpful things to overcome sin, but don't worry because you can never leave your sin in this life. They're lying. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what he says in the word that I'm reading to you. It says, but if, if we may keep walking in the light, just as he is himself in the light, we have fellowship with one another And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from every conceivable sin. So the blood of Jesus comes. We don't cleanse ourselves. We don't circumcise our hearts. We don't crucify ourselves. That's a work Jesus does for us. It is a work done by faith as we stand on the promises that he will do it. And this is a wonderful promise. This promise that Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from every conceivable sin. You go in the prayer closet and you say, Jesus, you promised to cleanse me from every possible sin. Will you cleanse me now? And you press your request to heaven day and night until it's done and the sin is removed by an act of grace. He will do it. You can't do it you cannot remove your own sin. Jesus will do that for you. And then it says, if we may say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Why is he saying that? Because he's writing for the Gnostics to rebuke them, for they are the ones saying we have no sin. In this passage of scripture, John refutes the Gnostic gospel of sinlessness. The Gnostics thought himself to be free from sin, not because of the cleansing power of Christ's blood, but by the nature of his spirit. Gnostics viewed all matter, specifically the human body, as inherently evil, only that which was pure spirit, was sinless, according to them. The early father of the church, says concerning the Gnostics, it is impossible that spiritual substance, by which they mean themselves, should ever come under the power of corruption, whatever the sort of actions in which they indulged. For even as gold, when submerged in filth, loses not on that account its beauty but retains it its own native qualities the filth having no power to injure the gold so they affirm that they cannot in any measure suffer hurt or lose their spiritual substance whether the material action is involved so they say we can continue in our life with wickedness fornication anger bitterness whatever We can continue to do that, but we're gold inside in our spirit and we're saved. We don't need this Jesus. So the prevailing belief today in the Christian church in America is that a believer cannot be delivered from sin while in the body, and that he can indulge in sin without affecting his spirit. So this Gnostic view of sin has mutated through the centuries to our time in a kind of Gnostic Christian belief, and it's proclaimed by the sinning religionists, but it is not proclaimed by the gospel. And so, as John is teaching us about being cleansed from all sin, He inserts in the midst of this. If you say, I don't need this gospel, John. I don't need this cleansing power of Jesus. I'm okay the way I am. John is saying, you are deceived and there's no truth in you. Then he says, if we may be in agreement with god with respect to our sins he is faithful and righteous so that he may remove the sins with reference to us and may cleanse us from every conceivable unrighteousness okay welcome td Welcome, to
0: Yes. Are you there? I'm here. here.
1: Good. What would you like to share? And how can Um, I pray for you?
0: I ask for prayer for um, just deliverance from anger that I got uh, angry at things that have happened in my life and and uh, I'm, I'm, I know the Word of God says, "Be angry and sin not," but um, uh, it's bleeding to sin. But,
1: but He also says, revolution. "But He also says, don't let the sin go down on your anger, and that that anger, if it lasts, will produce a bitter poison that yeah. will poison many people." So you're right, that sin that's long-lasting has to be dealt with by the blood of Jesus. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture out of 1 John, the 2nd chapter, and then I'm going to pray with you, all right? Because we don't have but a couple minutes left. Look at 1 John, the 2nd chapter, and use this as a promise that he'll remove the anger from you. He says, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin even once hereafter. But if anyone may sin once hereafter, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so Jesus is not condemning you. He's saying, give me your anger. Okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, my sister has been hurt. She has been wronged. And these things have grown into bitterness in her heart. And she's angry. But, Lord, your promise is that you will come and you will cleanse and heal and purify if we will but confess it to you, Jesus. So, Lord, I'm asking, would you give my sister the courage to go into the prayer closet and say everything that's on her heart to you and express fully the hurt that is there and the anger that is there, for you are a God of justice and mercy and vengeance belongs to you. So Jesus, I ask that you would put your comforting arms around her right now, and that you would come with mighty power and heal her heart of this bitterness and anger. Lord, I pray today, right now, I bind that anger in the name of Jesus, and I cast it out of her heart. Lord, I ask that she will see and know your wonderful love and mercy and compassion, and that she will come before you not just confessing this anger, but confessing any sin that remains in her heart, that you will cut every unclean soul tie with any man or woman where she has walked in sin. I ask that you would transform her into your likeness and give her victory on every hand over the temptations of the devil. Lord, would you wash her now? Would you cleanse her? Would you purify her? Would you restore her to the joy of her salvation? Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you, Meister, God loves you.
0: Amen.
1: As I prayed, the Holy Spirit just came. He loves you. Let me know what the Lord does. Thank you. Thank you, my dear sister. I'll talk to you later. Bye. We're out of time. I'm Ray Greenlee. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. God loves you. And I love you. I'll talk to you soon.